Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Today on In Soccer We Trust, we're talking the World Cup draw and our two confirmed opponents, England, Iran, and a possible opponent. We don't know who that is yet. Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. So hit like, hit subscribe, and hit us up in the comments because it's time to get after it. What is up, everybody? And welcome to another exciting installment of In Soccer We Trust with your three favorite former U.S. men's national team players, Jimmy Conrad, that's me, Charlie Davies, Heath Pierce. The draw is out. Now we get to talk about this for seven months, but we get to start with it today because it just happened. We drew the mighty England, the three Lions. We drew Iran, who we lost to in the 1998 World Cup. We played them in the last game of that group stage. We get them again in the last game of the group stage. And we get either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. Those games have yet to be decided, but I think we can compete with all three of these teams. My buzzword before I get to Charlie and Heath is manageable. I think this is a manageable group. It's got... Uh, remnants of the 2010 World Cup where we had England, we had Algeria, and we had Slovenia. That's how it's feeling to me. Charlie, I'm starting with you. Great to see you as always. What's your buzz? Is manageable a great word to use here? Manageable, absolutely. I, I'm I'm really liking this group. Out of all the possible combinations we could have had, this is a favorable one. If you're the United States, you're going into this optimistic. You know, you're always going to try and compete to get out of your group. Considering how qualifying went with the ups and downs, I think there there was a lot of doubt of what was re, what was realistic. It is realistic for this group of players to get out of this group. And I love I, it. How, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I think it's realistic. I think it's completely realistic. Obviously, we were on HQ earlier, and and Nigel Rio Coker, obviously, uh, <laughs> with the experience that he has, was talking about how this isn't. We don't match up even close to what England is. And I agree. If you were to look at the the players at the level that they're playing at right now for England. But again, you go back to England at the Euros. They played a bunch of young players. Harry Maguire. Yeah, Harry. I think we match up well against Harry Maguire. I think everybody Jordan matches Pickford. up. Well. Yeah. Okay. Jordan, yeah. I, 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 I get it. They don't. They're. <laughs> it's like Jimmy's old saying: "You're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are." Uh, but 
I, I like the matchup of this. I think there are points available against England. I think we match up well in terms of their style of play. Granted, they're more experienced. Some of those players, they play consistently at a higher level at the moment. But when, when we look at aspirationally what they did in the Euros with a young squad, this is what the U.S. could do in this World Cup. Maybe not reach the final, but they do have the ability to match up against an England in that style of play very, very well. And I think we can compete with them. I Obviously, we go back a couple of years, we lost to them. But it's a very different national team now with much more experience. And we're now seeing with the way this group has played out just how important you know, Gold Cup was, how important Nations League was, how important Nations League is going to be, how important all these games are, knowing that there's just two official camps leading into this, this uh, World Cup. All of that experience that we got is probably the biggest bulk we're going to have going into that World Cup. And now we've got a far better team. It was all relatively hype based before that and now we we feel a little bit safer we're closer to our starting 11 so when you look at this i'm like man there might be a chance to win this group let alone you know finish second but i think the goal should should definitely be navigating this group obviously knowing that the three games are going to play out i believe it's it's playing against uh is it uh the, yeah, it's wales the, the, wales wales so scotland it's, or God, it's such first. a hard thing though oh, wales scotland or ukraine first then you'll play england, england then you'll play then iran, iran. To wrap it up. And I think, again, even that navigating group play, you don't have to play England in the beginning. There's points out there in your first game. Mm -hmm. Then you look at your third game. It's such a different dynamic. Um, and the teams that do really well in World Cups are teams that have players and the quality to navigate group stages because it's very different than anything else. It's different than the league. It's different than your, your cup competitions. It's just a completely different type of thing. And the more that we can tap into that and understand how we play in game one is going to be different than game two. And game two is going to be different than game three in terms of our style of play, what we're looking for, sit back, press, all those things we're going to get to talk about for months. But overall, uh, this is the most long-winded long, long -winded way of me saying I like the U.S.'s <laughs> chance of getting I, I asked for I'm one sorry. word, everybody. He yeah. just talked for two minutes. Listen, in my excitement about the draw overall, I forgot to mention we have two U.S. men's national team players coming on the show today. We got Matt Turner. Goalkeeper extraordinaire for the New England Revolution for the men's national team and is going to be playing for Arsenal very, very soon. And then after him, we got Walker Zimmerman, also known as Thor, also known as the captain that led us onto the field against Costa Rica in the last game of qualifying. Obviously, we've been red hot and playing very well when he is in our starting lineup. So I'm excited to talk to both of these fellas and get their reactions around this. So, Charlie, I'm coming to you. So Heath rolled out the schedule for us. Do you think it's in our best interest that we didn't or we don't play England first? Because we did play them first in 2010 and because we got that mm -hmm. draw thank you robert green for pushing that ball into the net it right. gave us a little confidence like hey maybe we can go on and win this group which we did now mm -hmm. just so everybody knows from an odds perspective england's the heavy favorite minus 200 minus 250 to win the group for us to win the group is plus 600 i'll put some money on that we did it in yep. 2010 why can't we do it again what do you think about kind of the scheduling and and how everything fell for us because i think it seems pretty favorable for us as well i would say this is best case scenario as well England, the first match. Now, if everything goes right, you get a point, you get three points. But if you lose, right, the pressure to win the second game, it's 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 everything. Now, the first game sets up well with you because whether it's Ukraine, Wales, or Scotland, I think everyone's going into this, it's a 50-50 chance. Mm -hmm. But the U.S., if they continue to progress and they have everyone uh, healthy, I think this is a, a three-point game for the U.S. Mm -hmm. It sets them up really well. We You, you all know the first game – in, world, in the World Cup, really sets the tone. It, it says where this group is, what you're trying to achieve, what's realistic. If you can get three points in that first game, man, 
that gives you all the confidence you need going into England. Well, well let me speak from experience. Let me, let, let me speak from By experience. By the way, we just had a white screen on there for a second there. I thought Charlie was like, had some thing going on with Alex where he's going to tee up this like blank slate, you know, blank canvas type. <laughs> it was going to be, well, yeah, yeah. That's, I love the yeah. blank canvas thing. Yeah. And it's also April Fool's Day. So, yeah. so maybe they had something planned for us. But, but in 2002, when we made the quarterfinals, we won the first group game. Remember, we were up 3 0 on Portugal 30 minutes in. The World Cup I happened to play in, we lost the first group game, 3-0 against Czech Republic. And once you lose that first game, Portugal did it against Germany in, what, 2014. They lost 4-0 and could never – you're just kind of fighting up against that result. So you're right, Charlie, that, that first game is important. 2010, we got that 1-1 draw with England. And then 2014, we beat Ghana on that last second header by John Anthony Brooks, which, again, sets the tone for the rest of the tournament. And anytime we did have success in that first game – we went on to get out of the group. So, yes, of the utmost importance. But but it also, as you mentioned, could go down to that third game against Iran. I, so, by, the, by the way, I wanted to point out, that same same with the start when Mexico beat Germany to kick off 2018, Germany couldn't uh, bounce back from that. That's right. They went out. You know? that's right. So that's it, right. it, it really does. We were all grateful that there was a huge mistake from Green. But you traditionally wouldn't want to face England in your opening opening game, considering the way that they played. Um, there's Bobby G with the eyeballs there, uh, <laughs> looking for, I, I actually really appreciate that, that, uh, that as a tweet. But, I agree. Um, I agree. But yeah, it's, it, it just like, again, group navigating the group stages is so different, especially when you're talking about the depth of the team. Obviously there was the opportunity if we were in a, in a, in a, in a later group, uh, you had more days together, more opportunity to train and don't have to play in, in, on the front end, but now you get to go after it against the team that I think, again, we're going to match up well against just about anybody in this group. I think where the U.S., um, in terms of like tactical style of, or, or, or not just tactical, but styles of play of the teams that are in this group, I, I like the way the U.S. matches up. It's not too extreme. We're not talking about a uh, completely different type of football in terms of playing to our, our biggest weaknesses like, like we might if we were in a group with Brazil or some of the others that are going to make us chase the ball for long periods. But, yeah, I like it. Now, Charlie, we've never won two group stage games before. We've right. had one win and two draws. We've had one win, one draw, one loss, but never two. Do you think there's possible that we could get two here against Iran and, and Wales, Scotland, Ukraine? I mean, that in itself would be making history and obviously would be pushing us towards winning the group if we can make that happen. Yeah, it, it's definitely possible. I mean, a lot of things have to go right, right? It's the World Cup. World Cup qualifying, yeah. Was it, was it possible that we could win World Cup qualifying group? Yes, and we didn't. We took third. So a lot of things have to go right. And this team... Now it's all about progress. The Nations League is going to be, a, I think, a big indication of how far have we come from World Cup qualifying. This Costa Rica game, even though there wasn't much in it, that's the last kind of taste in everyone's mouth of this group. You you have to have a better performance. I'm looking for Serginho Dest to have a big impact, Weston McKinney, and then figuring out who the number nine is. It's so I think critical to the team's success is developing a number nine that's going to be consistent and playing match to match. You don't have to worry about rotating. You know, we're going to play this style or, mm -hmm, or this. Mm -hmm. We're going to use these tactics. Well, whoever your number nine is should be able to fit with whatever style you're going to play. If you're going to be high pressing, if you're going to drop deep, are you going to play counterattack? That number nine should be able to play in any type of style. Hey, okay, Jimmy, so, let me ask you this real quick Yeah, shoot. Uh, while, while, while we were on this, because we just had a comment just pop, pop up. Alex, if you want to throw that one back up again about uh, about getting Dodging Qatar. some of the other guys? Yeah, no, just just in terms of a lot of people are talking about Qatar. Obviously, we saw Qatar in the summertime. Uh, they, they play a really good style of football. And I was at the opener, not at the game, but I was in a fan park of the opener of the 2018 World Cup when Saudi Arabia, who are also very good, uh, played against Russia. 
and Russia pounded them. I think it was five or six nil in that mm -hmm. game. And I remember thinking, wow, this is great for the World Cup because the whole country comes to life and everybody sort of the better that a host nation can do, the 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 more of a party the, the World Cup becomes, right? For everybody right. that was there and drinking right. a lot like myself. Um, but <laughs> but from but from a, a a US standpoint, the way that Qatar plays and the fact that they're home, yeah, you might not have the most like crazy fan bases in Qatar, but it's going to be. I don't know, Jimmy. Would you want to play? Would you have rather had Qatar be in Qatar's group in terms of playing the host nation at a World Cup? Is that ever something you want to do? I would say in this particular tournament because Qatar seems to not be a very big country, and and you're only getting really Doha excited about this one <laughs> particular game. So, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't have mind having them be in our group. I do think that's an interesting group. I think Qatar is in some trouble. Ecuador was a team I didn't really want to face from pot four. Senegal was the team I didn't want to face from pot three. And then the Dutch, despite them never winning a World Cup, even though they've gotten to three finals, they still have obviously a ton of talent. But they're another team that I think lacks a, a true number nine. Wouldn't, who's going to step up and be for them? So there's a lot of conversations. Wouldn't, we, wouldn't we have gotten, Charlie, I think in, in the draw, we would have gotten Senegal, right? If there wasn't a complication in the group A that came to group B to get right. Iran, we would have had... Yeah, uh, that would have been intense. <laughs> yeah. that You're quickly been heading intense. for uh, the old the old uh, group of death. Yeah, uh, that would have been trouble. So now, for everybody listening, make sure you hit like and subscribe. Turn on your notifications. Or actually, if you're watching, that's on the YouTube. So if you're listening, make sure you give us a five-star review. Hit us up with a subscribe as well on any podcast. Really, what I want to ask everybody is, what's your what's your one word to describe this group? If you're listening to us, hit us up on Twitter, ISWT Pod. If you're if you're watching us right now on the YouTubes, let us know what the word is for our group right now with England, Iran, and potentially Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. We say manageable. I heard realistic uh, from from Charlie and Heath as well. It's something we can get through. I use the and word favorable. I'm going to say favorable. Fa okay, favorable, yeah. realistic, and manageable. <laughs> well, they're all swimming think, in the same waters, you know. Who do you think? Who do you think had had the, the toughest um, group? given CONCACAF. CONCACAF? Yeah. I, I'm going to say once Costa Rica beats New Zealand, it's going to be Group E with Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. But mm. if we're talking about Mexico or Costa, uh, or Canada, I, I, thought, I don't mind either one of those groups. I feel like all the CONCACAF teams outside of Costa Rica are, should be feeling okay. I mean, Mexico... You want Lewandowski and Messi in a World I, Well, Cup? no, that's that's a tough group. But, but, it's, but it's, Mexico it's, at their best, I think. They could get through. And they, they've had five... So we didn't talk about this before, but Mexico has five consecutive clean sheets in the last five World Cup qualifiers. Cesar Montes has been sick. He, he might be their answer at center back. And they're starting to get some questions that need to be answered. For me, they still need that connective tissue to get the ball to their front three in a more meaningful space. And obviously, they got to score their opportunities. And Mexico's obviously any, – any team's going to have to have that. you got to score your chances when you're in a World Cup. But when I look at, at Canada, Belgium – Belgium, let's like uh, Jonathan David versus Vertonghen. Yes, please. You know, like that's that's kind of favorable, even though I think Belgium will be tough. Morocco and Croatia are going to be tough, but Croatia's still relying on guys that got them to the 2018 World Cup final. They they just they looked a little tired and old in the in the Euros last summer, and I think Canada can can outlast them. And I'm just a big fan of John Herdman. I think he's a great manager, and I think he's going to get these guys out of the group. Now, when they they get I'll say they get second, they cross over with Group B, which is Spain and Germany and Japan. In Costa Rica, that's a tough, tough crossover. So their journey could end then, but it could be a nice way to really set up them having a ton of success in 2026, which is what I think we're trying to do as well. Now, before we take any steps further, we have our first real special guest joining all three of us at the same time. 
goalkeeper for the U.S. Men's National Team and the New England Revolution. And very, very soon, the Arsenal in the Premier League. It is Matt Turner, everybody. Let's go. Give it up for Matt Turner. (laughs) Matty Turner, great to see you. And how are you feeling, man? We're, We're talking about this group being somewhat manageable. Now, I know you don't want to put any bulletin board material out there, but it could have been worse, right? It could have been worse. I'm not going to put out any uh, <laughs> board material. Yeah, it's listen. Any group uh, that you get put into in the World Cup, it's going to be a dogfight from start to finish. So uh, it's nice to be able to see a pathway forward and uh, one game at a time. We got to see who we're going to play first in those uh, in those you know those other playing games. I like that. Hey, I'll ask you on that. You know, if you were wondering going into, you know, the locker room at Arsenal soon, if you needed to have anything in common, you now do. You're going to have a few of uh, your upcoming foes in a very short time for you to get to know them. Um, so I'll make sure that I send you over some details of some of the <laughs> some of the some of the problems that they had at the Euros, maybe a few of them, you know, uh, whatever, just to give us a little bit of that edge. But, um, you know, just generally, I saw your post after after the team qualified and have you not ever thinking that you were going to be part of this journey. I mean, what is it like for you now? Obviously, you go from qualifying, we finished qualifying on, on a loss, which had a little bit of mixed emotions, to now the draw, right? Does it feel more real now that you actually know that there's a draw in this situation? Totally. Um, first of all, and the first thing you're saying, I'm at, it's actually amazing um, that we drew England, you know, for me, uh, off the field. Uh, it's, it's just an instant connection that you're going to have with guys in the locker room to help you sort of get assimilated, get connected and create that, that vibe and that bond. Um, and I'm sure it'll help Ashley and I, you know, settle into the country a, a little bit because you have that, that thing in common, which is, which is really, really nice. And in terms of the uh, watching the show, it was honestly, is this is like, I, I try to keep it cool, you know, but that was the first <laughs> time I really, I really geeked out, you know, look, watching the draw, feeling like I was a part of it. My fate was sort of at stake and who we're going to draw and like, that was the first time that I really felt like, uh, wow, uh, I'm a part of this. This is amazing. Like, this isn't a normal thing for people to achieve and accomplish. And uh, it made me feel really, really proud to represent the United States and and really, really proud of all that I have accomplished. Well, you know, I'm proud of you on how far <laughs> you've come. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be pretty unique for you to be heading to England, playing for your dream club, now you get them in the World Cup, but playing time is is really what everyone's concerned about. You look at Zach Steffen, you look at you, you're the two number ones. I look at it as that. It's not one and two, it's your two number ones. Both Charlie, you can't have two number ones in a starting team, man. Hey, you know what I, mean? just, this is what I'm I just saying. want to point that out. You can do whatever you want to do, but you can't have two goalkeepers. You know what sure. I mean? Well, you got, you if two, we could, we'd probably win it all. Right? You're playing up, you're on top clubs, but you you are presumably the number twos. How concerned are you about the playing time aspect? Is this a thing where you go over, you give it a shot for the number one? If they say, hey, you're the number two, then you say, hey, I got a World Cup to be playing in. Is it possible to get a loan in? Because, you know, games and getting into a rhythm are very important, as, as you know. Yeah, 100%. I mean, all that stuff is uh, weighed on my decision on whether or not to accept the offer. Um, but, you know, when when something like this comes through, it's really hard to say no. It's... Uh, it's a dream. Like I've been playing really well for three years and this is the first concrete offer that I had. And to be able to, to turn my, my nose away at, uh, you know, my dream club, all that would have been very difficult. Now on the soccer side of things, I mean, 
part of the reason I, I mean, part of the reason this move was important to me was because even when I was playing every single game last year, I played like 50 games and uh, you know, when it came to that world cup qualifier at home against Costa Rica, part of, part of the reason, obviously we had just come off a loss against Panama, but I was told, you know, um, that, you know, Zach is there in, in Manchester and he's playing at a really high level every single day uh, in training. He's playing the cup games. He's doing this and that. And that weighed on uh, the, on the decision more than my games in MLS. So um, to put myself into the position that I'm going to be in, which uh, obviously I'm going to challenge for the number one role, but you know, Aaron Ramsdale's a great goalkeeper and he's done really, really well. So I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to be around world-class players every single day um, get more familiar with that, that pace and that tempo. And then I'm going to do what I can to, uh, to play games. So while I'm over there, you know, and, and if that's the cup games, if that's, uh, a reserve team game, I'm going to do whatever I can to be in that, to keep that rhythm as much as I can. Um, and you know, I'm, I'll be in a position where I'm one injury, uh, or one, one slip away from, uh, from playing premier league games. So, uh, it, I think it was the right move for me because of uh, me playing every single game in MLS last year, didn't necessarily make me the out and out number one, no matter how good my 100%. form was. So, so Matt, that was very diplomatic and I love your answer. And he's going to be running for mayor of your city very, very soon. <laughs> but, but I just say that because I have or had a similar career, career trajectory where I got told I wouldn't be good enough to be a pro. I had to walk on in college. I had didn't get drafted into MLS and had to fight and scrap and, and found myself in a World Cup at the end of it. That's my flex of the day. Jeez, and you are, are going through it as well. But but you have to have the mindset that you are going to be the number one. And I think that's what's made you as good as you are. So I love the fact that you're being humble. But but you have to believe that you're going to be the number one for the U.S. You're going to be the number one for Arsenal. And I think that will get you into that spot to actually make it happen. So am, am I correct in that? <laughs> in that mindset? Well, that's my question. I mean, yeah, I guess – for me, it's never been about uh, one, two, or three sure. uh, in terms of the pecking order. It's always been about uh, proving to myself what I can do and proving to myself um, where I can uh, where I where I can improve. Uh, being self aware about my deficiencies. Um, if I'm not in the team, it's you know taking Charlie Davies 300 shots after training every <laughs> single day. You know, it's yeah, it's sure. it's it's those little things that I'm not so so bought into and concerned about one, two, three. It's like, okay, if I'm the three, how can I get to two? If I'm the mm -hmm. two, how can I get to one? But it's more about me than anything else. Um, and, and that's where like, I'll call it the humbleness that I, I truly believe in, in my mentality is, is just uh, more self-focused than looking at what other people are, are, are doing. Is it, is it weird for you, Matt, to now look at the fact that qualified, and then there's only two official windows now until, until the world cup. I mean, Looking back, how crucial has been, one, all the matches you've played, but two, the development of this team, a lot of young players, the youngest team to qualify for the World Cup, you know, to, to now knowing that there's only going to be a couple more opportunities for you guys to get together. Uh, I guess, how do you plan to keep this group tight? How do you plan to keep in touch? Are there WhatsApp chats going on right now? I mean, it, obviously, a lot of it's on the field, but I mean, there's also off the field that you have to come together and, and figure out how you're going to navigate this tournament. Yeah, and, and the the thing about this group is that similar to World Cup qualifying, I imagine by the time we get to the World Cup, there's not going to be a whole lot of World Cup experience on that roster. So I think we'll take the lessons we learned from World Cup qualifying in that first window in particular, which is 
um, this stuff is no joke. And we can't just stroll out there thinking that we're the U.S. and that we're better than than whoever we're playing against. You have to go out there and, and fight for your country, fight for your lives every single game because – as the U.S., you do have a target on your back. And I think that we learned that throughout the process of qualifying. It's that you can't take any games off. And in a World Cup, all those mistakes, anything is is just multiplied by t- 100. So uh, it's going to be great for this for this group to, you know, go down, go down there together. And everyone's really close. A lot of those guys all sort of went through those youth national teams together. So uh, everyone's really, really tight and close knit. And uh, it's weird saying that I'm I'm a wily veteran on this team. Like I'm one of the oldest oldest guys out there. So it's 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 pretty cool to sort of be like a father figure to all these kids. <laughs> Look, looking at this this past window, I know you're injured. You're, you're you're seeing like you're on the precipice of of qualifying for a World Cup. So it happens, but it happens in a, in just a kind of strange manner. You, you you get the result in Mexico, which is huge. Probably should have got three points. The massive win get at home against Panama, but but then that kind of lame loss to Costa Rica, even though you just qualified. Looking at this group, how far they've come, what's what's the biggest deficiency? What, what's going to get this team to get out of the group in the World Cup? Where do they have to really kind of dig deep and, and, and get better? I think it's just I think it's just about uh, like the mentality. I think if you look at that that loss in Costa Rica, over the course of the 90 minutes, like we really had the better chances uh, in that game as well. Um, but it's about putting the ball in the back of the net. It's about being ruthless. And uh, I think all of our games that we lost in qualifying, we were shut out. So um, I think it's it's putting putting the ball in the back of the net, being dangerous consistently, but also keeping keeping focus. I think last, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not there. It's hard for me to be there and, and understand the feelings and what everyone one was was feeling or talking about after the game or during the game. But I think well, both Costa Rican goals came off of uh, off of set pieces. We conceded a goal against Panama in both games against them on set pieces. So I think it's cleaning that up defensively. And also just being lethal in front of goal. Like in, in the Azteca, we would have loved to to finish off those chances. And same, Costa Rica was putting their bodies on the line, clearing balls off the line. Kaylor Navas had a great game and uh, and we couldn't find the back of the net. So I think, yeah, like it losing 2-0 makes it feel like a lame loss, but there was a lot to take from that game that the U.S. had never sort of been free-flowing in Costa Rica in history. And we, we had chances to, to go ahead in that game. Hey, you know what, Matt? I give you, hey, Jimmy, I give Matt respect for, for standing up for us defenders, making it about the strikers, Charlie. You know what it's like, man. That's not on us back there. That's yeah. on you guys, dude. Just do it the, do the job. You have chances just, it has to. Just mark it down. I just want to say for the record, just say for the record, I don't I don't like zonal defending on set pieces. I, I just want to throw that out there. Matt, you don't have to react to that at all. I I personally do not like that. <laughs> and and uh, if 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 I can get Greg Berhalter's ear, I'll say it to him just just in case. Uh, hey, with this group, yeah, you let him know. Truth. It's the strikers. <laughs> it's all. It's always the strikers. <laughs> Win or lose, it's going to be the strikers. They don't score. What are we supposed to do? All right, Matt Turner. Thank you so much for your time. We know that you're a busy guy. Uh, continued success in getting back from your injury, and obviously seen it out with the Revolution before you joined the mighty Arsenal. And of course, best of luck. I'm sure we'll talk to you beforehand at before the World Cup starts. But you're the man, the myth, and a future legend for us. We appreciate you. Thank you guys very much for having me on. Yeah, nice, nice chat. And I actually have my uh, World Cup celebration tonight actually set up for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, all right. Enjoy it. All, <laughs> all right. See you, Matt. Thanks. I just want to say for the record that uh, Charlie Davies was hitting, uh, asking the hard-hitting questions. Charlie, hey. <laughs> those are good questions, man.
They were good questions, Charlie. And I also wanted to say, by the way, it's it was a very interesting that Greg Berhalter values playing training at a bigger club uh, than than playing regularly at the goalkeeper position. Obviously, there's nuance to that. It's not as simple as sure. like train here and and play here. But to have that conversation, one, I appreciate him sharing that because I didn't think that would be something he'd ever share. Do you, do, um, do you think yeah. though? Do you think though, Zach Steffen set the precedent? Like if that hadn't happened and we didn't already have one of our top goalkeepers in that situation, that Greg would have been up for that? Or do you think he would have been like, oh, he's got to get minutes. He's got to no, stay where he's playing all the I think, time. I, th- I think it set the precedent because yeah. I, I posed this question to Greg a while ago. I said, if, if Christian Pulisic was bought by Real Madrid or Barcelona, mm-hmm. for instance, and doesn't see the field, but the only reason he's not seeing the field is because let's say he has Messi in front of him or you know he has Mbappe in front of him, whatever it is. And he's not playing. When he comes to the U.S., is he going to play? Of course he's going to play. You play your best players. And it's the same thing when we were playing. If Landon or Clint Dempsey, for whatever reason, weren't playing in their clubs, you knew when we came back to camp, they were starting. That It was a lock no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So true. I think there, there are certain players who have that pass. And when you're talking about Manchester City and being the backup for that type of club, you are going to be the number one, given you don't make – calamitous mistakes and you have mm-hmm. you know if you have a couple of poor performances and you have another keeper who's stellar that's matt turner i think matt was thinking the same thing if we're even with performances but the only thing that's holding me back is my club name well let me let me get get to a, the same level as him and play for arsenal now that excuse goes out the window so now it's whoever's playing better is going to play and you can't have the oh but he's at manchester city if if you're playing better, then you're gonna play, and I think it was the right decision. Plus, you're talking about that that paycheck. Give me, give me right, that right. paycheck. Right? No, no. That's <laughs> the paycheck's always a funny thing to bring into the equation, but but uh, definitely true. Now we just had a very special guest, Matt Turner, on. We have another one coming up, Walker Zimmerman. But before he comes on, we have to take a very quick break. So don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chuckwagon Davies. And we have another special guest for us. He wore the captain's armband in the last game in World Cup qualifying. Center back extraordinaire, two-time MLS Defender of the Year for Nashville SC. It is the Walker Zimmerman. What's up, Walker? How are you doing, my man? What's up, man? I'm uh, waiting to see how many more props you got hidden under that desk. <laughs> oh, I got a ton, baby. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I got a drum and I got the megaphone. But only, the, only the best for you, Walker. So the draw comes out. We get England, which I wanted so bad because I can't wait to stuff them, Walker. And then we got Iran. We need to get revenge against them in 98 when we lost in the group stages. And then we don't know who it's going to be Scotland, Wales or Ukraine. But how are you feeling about this draw? I feel great about it. You know, I think 
any time that you have a draw, you're going to say, oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to play this team. I'm excited to play that team. But this really is a, a, a really good draw for us. I think when you look at the excitement, it'll bring the fans. Mm-hmm. And then also in terms of just on paper, I mean, this is a favorable draw for us, no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, it's World Cup. Every game is so important. There's going to be uh, a battle on the field every single game. So this will be no different. But first reaction is very excited. Uh, obviously, the England one's the headliner for us uh, come the day after Thanksgiving. But really, really, really good draw for us. Walker, you know, looking at your trajectory in the national team, going back to, you know, less than a year ago, I mean, have you had a chance to stop and realize just how fast it has gone from you being kind of called in in a rotation to you being one of the, the sure starters in every every lineup to now getting the lineup to uh, or the the, the, the group uh, sorted out for the World Cup. Have you had a chance to take all that in or is it just all happening too fast? You know, it, it definitely is happening pretty quickly. Um, things happen fast. Obviously, we saw six months ago wasn't on that roster in October. Uh, now here we are, you know, being on the field for a lot of the games in the second half of the of qualifying process so things change and and that's a really good reminder to all of us who have been involved is we still have seven eight months to the world cup and so it's not the time to become complacent this is the time to improve everyone's form on an individual level because that's that's what's going to help us as a collective is not being content not being complacent and focus on getting better every day as an individual that's going to help our team come november walker i feel like in the beginning there was that transition of i'm an elite mls defender to oh my gosh, this is international football and it's a little bit quicker. And, you know, I got to build out of the back and, and adjust to Greg Berhalter's system. I think as of late, there, there was one match, I want to say it was in February, where you were started to, to build out of the back and you were playing these penetrating balls. You were playing balls that would cut out five or six t- uh, defenders. It almost like seemed like there was this click where you were comfortable on the ball and you could you could drive at uh, – midfield you could you could break through the midfield you can make those passes what what was that for you how did you get to that level and then you know is that where you think you've made the most improvement yeah it's funny I think like oftentimes as a player you know you hear narratives you see your narratives and for whatever reason there's been this narrative like oh like you know he's not used to playing out of the back it's like dude ever since I left Dallas and went to LAFC we started you know really playing a specific style of football Obviously, Greg's introduction to the national team was the emphasis on breaking lines. So I would say over the past three, four years, like that's something that I feel really good about. Uh, I think if you, you talk to the, the team in Nashville, uh, you'd hear some pretty pretty good remarks in terms of the trainings and, and games that happen there in terms of breaking lines and, and wanting to be on the ball. And it's no different with the national team. The only difference is certainly uh, your setup is different, your opponent is different, how they press, uh, the looks that you're getting are sometimes maybe different, and it takes – some adjustments in the game to then be like, okay, you know, so Costa Rica, for example, we realized at halftime, man, we need to become narrow as center backs, pop our midfielder out wide. They aren't going to know what to do. If, if they follow that midfielder, a pocket's going to open up for, say, Tim Way to come in. Boom, let's find them. And it happened at the very end of the first half. And that picture was like, okay, that's the picture that I'm going to see a lot more of in the second half. How can we do that more? And so I think the learning, the learning part of it is how can you – make those adjustments earlier how can you see it earlier Mm -hmm. and know what to expect but in terms of being able to do it yeah i I have a lot of confidence in being able to do that and we have a lot of confidence in you walker now talk to us about you being a kid watching world cups on tv and at any point did you think i could be one of those guys 
one day that, that now you here you are on the precipice of playing and representing us in the World Cup? Yeah, you know, I think the honest answer is actually yes. You know, I think as a young kid, having the confidence and desire and dream and being like, I know I can, I can do this, you know, and, and having that. And, and a lot of people say, oh, it's a dream come true. And I never thought I'd see myself here in a million years. But the honest answer is like, yeah, I, I've always believed in myself. Now, that's not to say it's like I expected it, but I always believed that it, it could happen. And, and I knew it would take a lot of hard work to get here. Um, and again, like I said, we're seven, eight months away. So it's, sure. we're still not even there yet. But uh, all things considered, I, I did have that belief as a young kid that, you know, I felt like I was created to play this sport, to use this platform and uh, go as far as I can with it. And so to be, like you said, at the precipice of of possibly being involved in a World Cup, it's it's really special and um, still doesn't make it any less shocking that you're there, even if you thought it could happen. <laughs> Walker, I got, a, I got a question for you. This one's interesting just because of the fact that uh, you guys qualified after losing to Costa Rica, and obviously the way in which the team lost, not a great moment, had mixed emotions. But the internet is sort of always mad at the national team, right? Every, they're, they're never happy, and obviously it, it was such a great feat to come back from the failures of 2018 with this group that had little to no experience at the international level to qualify now. Is there anything that gets talked about? Uh, yeah, in the like locker that, room, like with, that guy in Nebraska, Walker. I was about yeah. to say. I, I was about to say. I, this might be a good time to continue my apology to fans <laughs> in Nebraska with the, the slip of the tongue. There, no, no harm intended. Um, yeah. No, you're right. It, it was so weird. You know, I, I think even as Greg came out, we were kind of talking after the game. I was like, under my hand, being like, dude, this is the weirdest feeling I've had in my career. Like, we just lost a game. I hate losing, but like, we qualified for a World Cup. He's like, oh, I know, man. Isn't it? it's just so crazy? Because as competitors. You, you don't ever play to lose a game. You know, that's just not in our DNA. And so definitely a weird feeling. And I think, did it have to, by the way, did it have to do with the fact that you finished behind Mexico and Canada? No, was no, I don't. It? Was it just no. the game itself? Because I don't think all it that together all. I get, but you know, yeah, it's a, it's I don't think journey. at that point we were thinking of where we were in the group. I don't think any of us really even knew the final score of the Mexico game at that point on the field. Um, and I think our reactions on the field, you, you could probably tell it's like, we weren't really like celebrating because we lost. But then I think once guys got to the locker room, there was a big kind of, hey, look, guys, like this was a whole journey. This is a whole qualification process. This is not about this one game that we're going to celebrate. We're celebrating that we're going to a World Cup. And so I think guys were able to kind of quickly turn over from the result in Costa Rica to the celebration uh, that eventually took place in the locker room. I heard you have a decent agent. He's, he's an all right guy. Um, <laughs> Charlie, by the way, Gar was just all the time, uh, Walker, Walker, Walker. And I was like, dude, get off my back. I don't have anything to do with this. And then Walker comes in, and he doesn't let the position go since the moment he came back in. I was like, hey, you know, you got to exactly. give him credit when it's due. Uh, similar, I think I think you're in a similar position to, to how Aaron Long was before his injury. You know, 28, you, you, you're coming into like the prime of your career. You've been dominant in MLS for a while. You're going into a World Cup. Is interest uh, – in Europe, do you have an interest in playing in Europe? Is that something yeah. you want to do, right? hundred percent. I mean, you know, I've been very vocal to the guys in Nashville as well about it and very transparent is that is that's is a goal. And, and does that mean that I'm going to define my career as being successful or not on whether I go? No, it's not. But at this point, I, I am completely open to that opportunity, that challenge, should it present itself. And, you know, anything can happen uh, after World Cup and, um, certainly I'd be open to, to challenging myself even further by, by playing overseas. But by no means does that mean I'm unhappy where I am. I love right. Nashville, love what they've done for me. But 
there is a deeper part of me that is always thinking, you know, what is my ceiling? How can I find that out? I think the answer probably is, yeah, I, I got to go. Well, Tell Gartland to get going. Jeez, yeah, well, on, you're also going to find out in the World Cup. You're going to find out because you go up against yeah. Harry Kane, which I am just going to throw out there. He's going to be in your back pocket by the end of this one. But, <laughs> but uh, I did. I set it up. It is amazing. Um, talk to me, though, about the rhetoric that was happening inside the locker room about what happened in the past and not qualifying for 18. And also maybe any of the rhetoric to lead into 2026, because that's a big World Cup for us as well as we kind of plant seeds of this experience and how that can help us make a deep run in the tournament that we're hosting. Well, I think to, to bring you guys into kind of the vibe before warm-up uh, in the locker room, it was, you know, Luchi Gonzalez did his typical, like, couple bullet points of getting us ready to go on the field. Uh, and then DeAndre had a, had a moment that he had, you know, talked to Luchi about that he wanted to have a word with the guys. And I think the main message from, from his talk was, hey, you know, we've been given a second chance. And tonight, I don't want it to be just a chance. I want it to become a fact. And that was kind of the, the mantra that we took going into warm-up, going into the game. And again, while we didn't get the result we wanted, um, we, we accomplished our goal of qualifying. And, um, you know, I think it meant so much to everyone, first of all, but more importantly to those that were involved in the last cycle uh, to a heavy extent. So the four or five guys that were around, they were uh, definitely felt that weight, felt that responsibility, uh, probably even more so than the rest of us. And, you know, we're just happy that we're back in the World Cup. Uh, the focus is shifting. And now it's our job to make sure that that doesn't ever happen again. Yeah. Do you think this team has 